This is Robert Harper from Virginia Farm Bureau's Grain Division. Thankful and glad today to bring you another edition of the Merchandiser Minute. It's Friday, June the 2nd, 2023. Let's take a look at how the futures closed out this week in Chicago. A really volatile week and a week where the weather once again has come back into the markets and it, for whatever reason it feels like this North American weather market is just a little bit early this year. That doesn't mean it's right or wrong. We know every year is different, but definitely back into the weather swing of things, not to mention the volatility around politics and just volatility that we're used to now. We don't like it, but that we're used to it just on how the funds and the speculator money moves money around. So let's look at these closing prices here today on a short week, a four-day trading week around the Memorial Day holiday. July corn, a lot of volatility up a nickel this week to close at 609. We had a range this week from 577 to 610, so we closed right near the top of the range this week. July corn closing at 609, up a nickel. December corn up seven for the week to close at 541. Another big range on December corn this week, 511 on the bottom side to 544 on the top side. July beans, lots of volatility there. I think one day when we had a big reversal off of the lows, we had about a 30 cent range uh, one in one session. July beans, your old crop contract, up 15 to end the short week at 13.52, with a range from 12.70 to 13.55. Uh, when we look out at your November beans, uh, down six cents for the week to close at 11.83, 11.30 on the bottom side of the range in the trade this week, and 11.91 uh, on the top side. We did see November beans this week hit life of contract lows before the reversal, a couple year low there, and we also saw the same on July uh, soft wheat hit life of contract lows. Let's look at that. Up three cents for the week, July wheat to close at 6.19, and September wheat also up three cents for the week to close at 6.32. It's remarkable to see those Two futures contracts, the July and the September, just move right together again this week. We're going to talk more about wheat uh, as we go through the news here. Um, the debt ceiling, 99-page bill, we've all heard that uh, many, many times this week. Cleared the House, cleared the Senate, going to President Biden's desk. It seemed like that was a main driver in how those funds and maybe even how the spec money was moving money around this week. But we'll see... Uh, and I uh, believe a live, a live um, message from the president from the Oval Office this evening about that debt ceiling bill. We got some May job numbers out from the government showing U.S. job growth was higher than expected, did come in higher than expected. Uh, for May, we added 330,000 jobs, so that's had the debate going again today about has the Federal Reserve done enough to stop the runaway inflation and what are they going to do at their next meeting? Are they going to stop the inflation as the economy is still growing jobs according to the government? And again, we've got these equity markets that really since, I don't know, the way I look at it, that don't mean it's right, but the way I look at it since about 2016 or 17 that have really fundamentally changed how the world views them, speculators, investors view them. The Dow, up when I walked in here, is 750 points on the day just reacting positively to growth numbers, trying to speculate what the Fed is going to do with interest rate, and obviously hoping the president's going to sign the debt ceiling bill so we can pay our bills. So lots of stuff there to look at. And really, y'all, um, those of y'all that are working hard to raise feeder cattle, I've heard from you again this week as you are weaning feeder calves, 
Congratulations every year to you on that hard work. I had one fella who's 50 plus years into doing this that delivered a set of his fallborn calves and said he was just blown away by the cash price at the stockyard. Um, and it's the highest price he's had in his 50 plus year career. Y'all know that, you're seeing that. We know cattle, cash cattle prices here is where is in different parts of the country at record high levels. But take a look at the live cattle futures chart. We know we, we flipped the calendar to June. And when we look back, uh, y'all that follow this futures market teach me we've had eight months of upward closes on live cattle futures. And boy, to see the chart on how those futures went just wow just so high on june the first and then up again today just remarkable many of you several of you i should say have told me this kind of growth on the future side explosion to the upside isn't healthy keep your eye on that everything's connected um, we've had another weather market again this week i mentioned that at the open but you know they're getting some rain in that hard wheat country um, obviously it's it's not in time for that wheat crop but many folks in parts of the eastern belt, the northern part of the production states, the northern part of the belt, depending on where you are, look at that USDA drought monitor map we get every Thursday. Y'all, there, there's some drying conditions. There's even parts of Iowa that don't have rain forecasted in the 10-day model. So we know there's going to be a lot of volatility on the futures board next week again because of this North American weather forecast and drying that's coming in. We saw this week from the government spring wheat, 85% planted, 86% on this date is average U.S. corn. We got our another um, good to excellent rating, 69% good to excellent rating. The five-year average is at 73%. U.S. beans planted coming into the week, 83% planted, way ahead of the five-year average at 65%. Um, and, and, you know, it's really, really remarkable here. U.S. corn, 92% planted, but the big story on Tuesday with the holiday, we didn't get them on Monday, but it looked like North Dakota just, wow, hats off to the producers up there, the equipment dealers, the guys at the parts counter, etc. They planted 40% of their crop in one week, and they've caught up to within one point of their five-year average. So a lot of discussion this week disappearing about big prevented plant acres in North Dakota with such a big catch up for them. Virginia corn, 95% planted. Y'all got it in the ground for the most part. We know the end of it's the hardest, but y'all are getting it done. Good job. Uh, Virginia beans, 69% planted. Five-year average is 53%. So just like U.S. bean acres, y'all have really put the beans in the ground and Coming into the week, barley harvest at 16% here in Virginia, and y'all got a lot of that done. It's around south side and southeast around some rains this week where y'all didn't get rain, so we'll see what that number is uh, next week. One of the things we need to talk about on Tuesday, we saw something that Farm Bureau's broker told me hadn't happened since 2013. It's happened plenty before, but it's been 10 years we saw the July, the nearby July corn futures contract go higher than the July Chicago soft wheat contract. That was a strange thing. It not, it not only uh, went higher just by a penny or two, it, I don't know, I can't remember. It must have been a dime higher uh, corn over uh, wheat before things turned around and the speculators got these spreads on the corn side and the spreads on the wheat side. We talked about that last week, week, the hard wheat versus the soft wheat spread trading. So 
keep your eye on strange things like that. You know, the market will work itself out like water running down a hill, but we did see that on Tuesday. Go back and look at a chart. Y'all are busy working, getting a lot of things done. If you didn't see that on Tuesday and Wednesday, take a look at it. But it just shows you the peculiarities of the marketplace that we're in. Uh, the headline trade that we're in. Remember, we got to respect these trades. We got we got to respect these headlines as well. And we know that the spread trading is still driving much of what we see on the futures board. Okay, so one thing I want you all to hear me saying, um, if you've got any old crop bushels left, unpriced, corn or soybeans in the bin or been delivered on basis, remember, we've got super big inversions between July corn and the next futures month. Uh, September big inversions between July soybeans and the next futures contract August. Give Josie or I a call because we want to advocate and talk through your situation with you. But if you've got old crop bushels, we want to see you get them priced on the July futures. We we don't want to move to the next futures month and and take this inversion um, without, you know, without at least talking about it. We want to talk that through. Every situation is unique and different, but please give us a call next week. We're going to do our best to try to proactively call a number of you that have a few of your, your last of your 2022 bushels left in the bin. Y'all have done a great job marketing them over the last year, selling a little bit at a time over a long period of time, but we need to get bushels priced next week on the July futures contract. Um, Russia back in the news again this week, blocking um, registrations, blocking Ukraine from being able to export. Uh, only two weeks after, three weeks after a new deal was signed to extend that Black Sea Grain Initiative for uh, 60 days. So lots of chatter there that had something to do along with this debt ceiling deal uh, with the bounce that we had in futures here at the end of the week. So Russia has blocked, ended this grain deal until they say they can get uh, uh, certain agreements in place. Uh, another great, one of the bull stories around corn, maybe like we said, drying weather. Another one is just great ethanol margins, production up 2.1% uh, for the week, a million barrels per day, stocks up 1.3% to 22.3 million barrels. So again, the bull story, just a great story all year about the grind for ethanol. We have seen global wheat prices fall and Russian wheat prices fall uh, as they're anticipating another big harvest um, in Russia this year. And I want to read something here. I don't normally do this, but y'all listen here. I want to read something. U.S. wheat futures uh, have tumbled, falling below corn prices this week for the first time since 2013. This is a combination of lack of demand of cash-strapped buyers and ample stockpiles to put downward pressure on prices. These are massive stockpiles and wheat is being, the, the trade is anticipating wheat uh, being harvested in Russia and EU shortly. And remember, we did see a big headline on Monday of a cargo of wheat, of European Union wheat, German and Poland wheat working its way into the U.S. So we're going to watch that next week. We also know next week, be prepared. Friday, June 9th, we get another crop report. We're back in a weather market. Lots of volatility. And one of my coworkers told me this week, it's hard to manage risk, harder to manage risk when lots of volatility. So give Josie or I a call. We can talk about those old crop bushels. This is Robert, the Virginia Farm Bureau's Grain Division.